podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A midnight caller. Uh, I haven't done one of these for a while. Neil Atkinson and Gareth Robertson. We're, we're going to be joined now by Kev Connolly. Uh, and Kev's part of the Green Brigade. And let me just correct me if I'm wrong here, Kev. It's a, a Celtic FC ultra group, for want of a better phrase, forms in the summer of 2006 to bring colour and noise to matches home and away. It's, it's, it, did you feel as though that things were dwindling uh, amongst the Celtic support around that time? That's exactly it, mate. That's exactly it. It's, um, it's a sort of it's an ultras group, you know. They were brought in in two thousand and six. Um, as you say, we, the atmospheres that were quite kind of dwindling at the time, um, and yeah, it was just to bring colour, to bring noise, and ultimately support the team as, as best we can. You know, support the guys on the park, and, and hopefully make a hopefully make a difference to to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the safe standing area was introduced there. In the summer of 2016, and it's you know it's helped us as a group an awful lot. You know it's helped us as a group kind of take things from from a sort of atmosphere perspective eh, to the next kind of level in Celtic Park. Um, but it's been good. It's been going really good. It's been going really good. There's some there's some uh, fans. I mean, I, I, I encourage people to look these up, Kev. There's some fantastic videos, as you'll know, of yep. this area and uh, uh, some great songs. I, lo- I love the new Brendan Rodgers song, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, some fantastic songs, loads of banners, loads of colour, loads of noise, and I think every football supporter that's what they want to see, at least from one end of the ground, isn't it? And I, I think I think what what I'd like to know from you, Kev, is really how it happened at Celtic. So, you know, how have Celtic become? The first club on the, on the British Isles now who've who've gone back to some form of standard. standard in the football. Yeah, well, what happened, Paul, was it was a number of years ago. Um, we as a group occupied an area in Celtic Park. Um, now where the, the club's actually been introduced, the, the real seating area has been introduced. Um, but Celtic as a club came to us um, all those years ago, and they had a bit of a problem from a, a sort of health and safety perspective where. You know, there was a quite a, a large number of guys that were standing um, in the old sort of forum of, of an all-seater stadium. And, you know, from, from a club's kind of perspective and from a, you know, a health and safety kind of view, um, this was deemed to be quite unsafe, you know, what was happening in that yeah. area of the ground. Um, and the club was, I mean, back then, it was understandable. They were quite worried that... Um, you know, there could have been maybe injury or risk of injury or, or accident or, or God forbid anything worse could have happened, um, you know, in that area of the ground. And, you know, they came to us first and said, listen, he's, he's, he's only to sit down sort of thing. Um, I'm sure he's only... That was not really a kind of option for us as a group. You know, the way that the yeah. way that we support the, support the team and the way that we do it, just it was never really going to work by sitting down in the stadium. And to give, I mean, to give the club their due, we went through, a, you know, discussions for a, a couple of years, um, and the club looked at sort of alternatives. You know, they went, they went to Europe. Um, I think Germany was probably the, the best example to give. You know, they went to Germany and they looked at a number of sort of examples of how um, different clubs were facilitating, uh, you know, their supporters that, that wanted to stand at the matches. You know, supporters that wanted to create atmosphere. Um, and, and have an area of the ground that they could go to, and um, it kind of just went through there. You know, it just it kind of caught arms and legs, and you know they they looked into what they had to do. You know, the club brought in some sort of independent safety experts and different things to carry out a lot of sort of research and, and see if it was possible here. 
Um, and you know, it got to the stage where you know, they were able to go with a, an application to Glasgow City Council um, to you know to install rail seating within Celtic Park because there was a lot of kind of hurdles on the way. I think you know you you understand just there was a lot of maybe kind of worries and stuff from yeah. the sort of relevant bodies, the, the council and different things. But like I think they were a wee bit sort of worried about it. Um, you know, everybody kind of thinks. I know from what the feedback that I've heard from down south, like everybody sees the kind of headlines of our standings returning to football, and maybe that we sort of era worries hangs over a lot of people. Um, but I think when people actually looked into what was been, you know, suggested and what they were looking to bring in, it's absolutely nothing, you know, that was like the sort of open terraces yeah. that, that featured back in the, you know, back in the eighties and back in the nineties and different things like that. Um, and they eventually got there. Eventually got there and got the application accepted. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm running now for. I mean, I think it's worth saying, Kev. You, you said yourself there that you know the club actually had to fight for this, really, didn't they? I mean, yep. you mentioned all the sort of red tape they had to go through and all the hoops they had to jump through. I mean, I, I had a little did a little bit of research on it, and it says you know Celtic would twice knock back. Um, for the application for this section, I mean, also financially as well, it's cost them half a million quid. Cost them a lot of money, mate. Yep. Yeah, to put in these two thousand six hundred um, sec- section, if you like. Um, I, I mean, I wondered as well, sort of how's it how's it unfolded since then? You know, you, you've got the section, that's fantastic. I imagine, I imagine quite. I mean, if we had a section like this at Anfield, I imagine quite a lot of people out of the you know the fifty odd thousand that go. Would would fancy the say standing section? Yeah. So you know, how did the how did the club sort out the logistics of that? And are those is, is that area now in great demand? Is the Celtic fan sitting elsewhere in Celtic Park looking at that, saying, "Well, I wish I was in there." Yeah, well, I mean, when it first came out, as you say, the the original two applications um, were were rejected. Um, but the, I mean, the club kept that, and I think the big argument from the club's point of view was. You know, it was it was a bit daft. It was a bit kind of silly for you know Glasgow City Council to be rejecting um, the club's application to actually improve on safety. You know, it wasn't as if from from a club's point of view, it wasn't really to do with a sort of atmosphere area. You know, it was it was solely to do with health and safety. And at that time, there was a problem, and the club were looking to you know invest in their. I mean, the way that they described it was was making an investment in the safety of their supporters. Yeah. So when, when it, I think that was the sort of main argument that got got it actually all accepted. And um, I mean, once it was accepted, they came to us. Uh, we obviously occupied. Um, I think we had just over three hundred, with maybe about three hundred, three hundred and fifty guys um, or, originally in the curve. And they came to us, you know, it was a it was a sort of blank canvas from, from that point, you know, they had two thousand six hundred spaces to fill. Um and after a, a wee bit of discussion with us as a group, um, we settled on a you know, an allocation to giving us one thousand of the of the two thousand or just under three thousand, sorry, um, spaces. So it was it was great for us, you know, to, to almost treble our numbers. Yep. Um, and all that comes with that, you know, the the more noise, the more colour. And obviously improving on the atmosphere, um, and the, you know the rest of the the rest of the seats. Or sorry, the the areas in the safe standing bit was you know they were divvied up between the rest of the support. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of people that actually stayed there that weren't necessarily in our group or in our, our block, but they were you know they were interested and had a, had a bit of an interest in what we done. 
and um, they were obviously interested in the safe standing area and, and they wanted to stay and remain in their own their own part of the ground. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you say, the, the demand for it is, is kind of through the roof. It's a really sort of mm. really sort of attractive area of the ground, you know, especially within the kind of youth of the Celtic support as well. You know, it's um, it's, it's always jumping. It's really took. Well, you know, the, I think Celtic Park. And you can probably relate to this yourself. I think Celtic and Liverpool have always been renowned, you know, throughout Europe for for a sort of passionate supporters. And Anfield and Celtic Park have always been renowned. There's been, you know, places that have, have really shone and sort of big big nights, big fixtures and different things like that. But, you know, and even the run of the mill sort of league domestic fixtures, um, the, I mean, the safe standing area has played a huge part in improving the atmosphere, you know, just on a, on a Saturday, a normal Saturday against you're running the mill SPL teams um, so it's been great it's been great in that respect but I think you know that there are discussions with the club um, there's definitely a sort of commercial incentive for the club as well you know if there's demand there for it um, it's, you know it's pound signs in the in the club's eyes and uh, I mean I think if the demand continues to grow I think that, and after this season it's, it's a success I think they may be able to extend it in, in coming years so I mean what the future holds for it I don't know where, where it will be in maybe 10, 15, 20, 20 years time or whenever it could be it could be something pretty special Well you say it's good for the club Kevin it is isn't it because also it's it's good in terms of the reputation of the club in terms of how you now think as a fan about your club I mean yeah. for, for instance you know I've always said when talking about ticket prices and talking about Liverpool I'd love Liverpool to lead on that, to say no, it is too much, and yep. we're gonna we're gonna introduce this policy. It's a blanket twenty pounds to get in if you're an away fan or whatever, and and be the leader on that. And that's what yep. Celtic have done. Celtic have been the leader on this, and so I imagine yep. that yep. that that now means a little bit of pride for you over that. I mean, what what I wanted to ask you about as well, Kev, is just for for people who are listening who maybe still don't understand about how it's. You said before it's different to the eighties, and it obviously is. I, I've I've long looked into what safe standing means and I understand about rail seating I, I've seen what it's like in Germany and everything else for those that don't know Kev could you just briefly explain the actual experience of being in the safe standing section how it works yeah well as I said I mean the problem that the club had in the past you know when the the sort of original setup of an all-seater stadium you know the, the seats that you, you guys will have at Anfield um, when you're actually standing in the ground you know these seats only are sort of the back of the seat that's in front of you. It only kind of comes up to maybe your sort of shin height mm-hmm. um, or your legs. So that, that was deemed as kind of unsafe. But you know the the model that's now been installed. You've got these sort of real barriers that come up to maybe sort of chest height, and it, I mean it's virtually impossible to to ever kind of have any sort of accident or any sort of fall forward or anything like that. And um, you know one of the as I said we were talking there about. The demand is obviously it's an attractive area and stuff in the ground and one of the big things from, from the club still, you know, we still have regular sort of dialogue um, with the club and, and one of the big problems for them was uh, overcrowding, the issue of overcrowding, maybe guys that aren't in the area maybe are, are trying to get round and, and bump into yeah, I mean, they've brought in their own sort of um, ways of dealing with that as well. You know, they've brought in student teams to work on a match day with, with supporters. Um, you know, everybody within the area has 
it's like a sort of easily identifiable team cap with a season book, um, which is which is different from from everybody else in the ground, um, which deals with the problem, you know, of, of people that shouldn't really be in um, getting in. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I mean, the last thing, the last thing folk are wanting if you're if you're paying the money for your for your spot in the, the area is to get in, and there's maybe three or four guys in your in your spot, and it, it's a bit crowded and different things like that. Um, but it, it has, I mean, it's just to get back on it, sort of the model that's now in place. You know, you look at the likes of Germany and stuff like that, and all the research that was carried out by Celtic, there's been no sort of incidents of, of accidents or anything worse than that. And um, I think from a club's kind of point of view anyway, it takes a lot of health and safety type of boxes for them. You know, it's, it's now a safe area of the ground for people to go to and, and you know, they're leading the way, as you say. Um, oh, on that Kev, Kev, I just wanted to take a quote here from the, Chelf, uh, the, the Celtic Chief Executive and actually want to start almost like this journey that's gone on, which is, you know, when you first started having these conversations with the club, they were saying you need to sit down. Yep. But, you know, the, here, uh, Peter Lawwell, the, 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 the Celtic Chief Executive, says, you know, the introduction of rail seating at Celtic Park represents an investment in spectator safety, is what he said. And he goes on to say, across football globally, the reality is that some supporters are choosing to stand at matches. This is something we must accept and manage and also understand the positive effect which these areas have on atmosphere at matches and this it just sort of strikes me and I think that it's something which in general I think that sort of um, top flight English football struggled with but also I think Liverpool struggle with and there's lots of reasons we know why Liverpool couldn't struggle with this one but but it is this it is a bit of a holistic solution isn't it I mean you know it's sort of people are talking about the atmosphere Uh, people are talking about you know the idea of of what of of getting people into the ground in in, in the right areas so that they're not impinging on those who are around them or anything like that because what you don't want what a lot of people don't like at the match is that some people don't want to stand up and they don't want to be surrounded by people who want to stand up but if there's a place where you're able to say well if that's what you want to do there's a place for you there and you know it feels to me like it's just the more and more as time wears on with the way in which the rail seating works, it just sort of feels like a, like like an answer not just to one question that people are asking, but like four or five, six or seven. Definitely, I mean that that was one of the sort of that was one of the sort of points that was always raised throughout the years of, of discussing the different sort of possibilities with the club was that you know they, they were facilitating for your type of supporter that maybe wants to go to the game and and sit down and maybe a comfy seat or wants to get a, you know get a pint at half time or get. Um, you know, get the sort of executive type treatment if you if you get me, you know, the sort of a high end support and different things like that. Um but they weren't as you say, they weren't facilitating for people that want to be stand at the matches. And um you know, every, everything that kinda of comes with that you, you mentioned there about the sort of cheap ticket prices and I keep going back to Germany. I've done a lot of these kind of podcasts and interviews. Um and Germany always pops up as sort of they're just kinda of leading the way in so many, you know, respects. It's, it's just cheap ticket prices they've got areas of the ground where people can go and stand and create atmosphere and they've got packed stadiums week in week out and um, they just sort of they just sort of seem to be leading it um, in regards to sort of fan culture and, and supporter culture throughout Europe and um, I, I think it, I think it's understandable to a degree um, but I mean a part of me always felt that we were just kind of stuck in, stuck in the kind of dark ages a wee bit and it was just all about sort of getting out of that rut and, and trying to move forward a wee bit and um, introduce things like this here and, and go forward and see where it goes from there. You know, it's, and, and that's exciting. That's exciting to be a part of. It's been, it's been great for me to be a part of and see it all kind of come through 
and now see it in the flesh, you know, experience it um, week in, week out, because it really is something special. It's interesting, Kev, as well that you know I was reading I was reading the Green Brigade website earlier, and it was talking on there about some of the, the you know the early discussions between fans and club and, and and the various issues that have been discussed, and and one of them was you know talking about sort of overcrowding in certain areas, migrating of fans from one area to another, to to almost go to a, an unofficial standing section if you like before this was in place. Now we've got we've got something similar, I think, a similar problem if that's the right word at Liverpool and that there's huge sections of the cop that choose to stand every single match now yeah. and and you know you'll know yourself Kev that the problem there is that the area you're standing in isn't fit for purpose for standing and so you know Liverpool score Celtic score you go flying over the seats you know you're, you're actually your safety is endangered by the by the current you know the setup that you're standing in if you like so I mean you know as I've put I've put I've actually put a poll out only less than two hours before we're speaking here uh, on the Anfield Raps Twitter account just to just to test the water again amongst Liverpool fans, and obviously it's only a small number in in real terms, but two thousand people have have replied, and eighty one percent say that they would like to see safe standing at Liverpool. So I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that shows you where where we've reached, and I think most people who go the match now, certainly who I talk to, you know. Th- there is a there is they want this because they just, it's actually more safe, isn't it, Kev? I mean, it's not it's not just about. I think sometimes the conversation gets lost because people think you're only interested in you know creating colour, creating sound, creating atmosphere, and that shouldn't be put put before safety. But actually, it's both, isn't it? Like Neil said before, this is answering a few questions at once. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know I know from from my own dealings with it, with Celtic. Um, since since the safe standing area was introduced up here, you know they've, they've had a lot of different representatives from from clubs down south, you know, coming up to have a wee look at it, yeah. and experience it. It's sort of first hand. I know off the top of my head, clubs like Manchester United and yourselves, a lot of clubs experience similar problems where there's demand for standing. I know, I know from Manchester United's point of view. Um, they face quite a big problem in their away end yeah. um, of Old Trafford when when visiting fans come to their come to their ground. You know nobody sits down, so you've got I don't know what the allocation is if it's maybe a few thousand supporters or whatever that are standing for the ninety minutes. And as you say yourself, and I, I really hate using the word, but you know the likes of Peter Lawwell and, and chief executives that are running football clubs now, in their eyes, they're running a business. Yeah, and. You know, from from their sort of point of view and their perspective, health and safety is kind of everything. Because I mean, God forbid if anything did was to happen or, or anybody was in an accident or injured, you know, the club would then be held sort of liable for for any costs or damages or anything like that. And and it would be the club that would be getting all the sort of bad feedback from that. And I know it's an awful lot of money that was spent. You know, I think the figure was was pushing close to half a million pounds. But sort of in the in the grand scheme of things for a for a club, you know, from maybe Liverpool or Celtic's point of view, it's not an awful lot of money for them to be investing in, you know, their their safety, their, their own support. One of the last, I mean, the extension of what's just been said there, which is, is that at the minute, uh, and this is to me, I mean, Liverpool's recent decision to vote against this uh, this being explored. For me, one of the and you always worry, Gareth, don't you, about about shouting too loudly on these things because what you don't want is for the opposite to happen. But there's currently a tacit acknowledgement at Anfield that people stood up 
yep. that we're going to play on the on the thirty first of January. Liverpool are going to play Chelsea at home, and with a bit of luck, a win will put us two points behind. It might even put us ahead. And the cops going to stand up. Yeah, for the entirety of the game, the cops going to stand up, and th- that everyone knows that now. We know that right now. We know that that's going to be the case. The stewards don't even try and stop you. And this is, and my worry is that if you end up saying things like this, then what will happen is there'll be a more aggressive stewarding policy because people don't like to be caught out in their own hypocrisy mm. on these things. No one does. All the way, all of us as people, we don't like to be caught out on, on on things like this. We just don't like it. So it's not. This is me having a go as such, but it's just that the current the current situation is is a tacit acknowledgement that this is the reality, that this is going on, and so. What that this is for me what I, I struggle to understand is by is just simply going, no, nope, we're not even going to look into this. No, nope, we're not even going to go near this. And I understand exactly why Liverpool feel as though they've got to take that position. And that it, it speaks to deeper issues and deeper questions within how the club's run and all that sort of stuff. But it is... There's no need for it. It's sort of my point now. I think, and I think that you can see from the general reaction to things. There's the SOS thing recently, where 93% of people at the SOS's AGM last month uh, voted in favour that, that there should be a position in favour of of of, um, of of rail seating, and that you know that is it's significant. All things like this, and it shows that there is a path for Liverpool if they do want to go down that path, rather than just have the mild hypocrisy of this tacit acceptance they've currently got. Yeah, because these these people who are making these votes, these people who are calling for it, ourselves included on here, because. I mean, people might wonder, listening, why we don't cover safe standing more often, and they have asked. Yeah. And one of the reasons we don't cover it is literally everybody who contributes to the Anfield Rap is in support of safe standing. So or it doesn't feel strongly enough against to actually yeah. want to take a proper position on it. So, so it's almost that it, you know you can't have a debate. We, we can't get just, a two, we can't get a two sided debate. No, we can't because we're, we're just doesn't matter in your heads in. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just agreeing with each other, and you know, I mean, again, when I've put that out today, I mean, some people have come back and said, well, you know. I'm, I I do think about you know what what the Hillsborough families think and that sort of thing, and and so does everyone and everyone wants to be respectful towards them. But yeah. you know the likes of Margaret Aspinall, I, I hold her up as being almost like a you know a heroine to me in, in terms of what she's done for for the Hillsborough campaign and everything else. But when it comes to actually going to the match week in week out, well she's not doing that. And, and with every respect to Margaret, she is not going watching Liverpool week in week out on the cop in in away ends at other grounds all around the country. And so I don't think she realises actually how safety is being compromised by the current status quo. And that, that is one of the big reasons why we want safe standing introduced. And it's leading to all kinds of you know little mini arguments here and there, where, you know, people telling people to sit down, people wanting to stand up, like Neil said. You know, it, it does seem silly that in 2016, you know, the club can't seriously look at this as a solution. I mean, one thing I would say as well, Kevin, and I'm sure you'll know about this, is that where Scotland had an advantage over England on this is that they weren't bound by this 1989 Football Spectators Act, which is, yeah, that's still in place. And that says that every English ground has to has to be all seated if you if you belong in the top two divisions. So that's still in place. And for anything to happen, whatever club decides to lead on it, or whether it's a group of clubs, or whether it's a Premier League cartel, whatever it is, they've got to overturn that legislation, it seems. And and it's been compulsory in England obviously since nineteen ninety four that all that all clubs are all seated. But nevertheless I, I guess Kev that there was still you know, a little bit of a dilemma up there, you know, among the club, among the supporters. You know, there must have been some dissenting voices, was there, or, or, or did it just feel everyone wanted safe standing? I mean, there, there was, me. I mean, I think, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the, the, the original two applications to actually bring it in were rejected. Yeah. And um, I wasn't, our group wasn't actually represented in any of the sort of meetings between Celtic and, and you know, Glasgow City Council and the sort of relevant bodies that were there, but there was a lot of different reasons that have been spoken about as to why, and I think 
I think it was just a wee bit of sort of caution. You know, I, I think leading it, you know, and being the first to actually yeah. bring it in, there was always that worry that, well, what if it doesn't work or what if, you know, it, it really sort of goes wrong or anything like that and then it's, you know, or anything kind of happens. But I think it was, as you say, I think it was just sort of taking yourself out of that and really looking at it and, and seeing what was being proposed and actually reading into it a wee bit more because, I mean, anybody that does that will then understand that, you know, it's making, as you say, it was an improvement on, on safety of the supporters that were in the ground and, and everything that came with that, you know, for us as a group, it was great from a, from an atmosphere point of view and, and we were able to sort of take advantage of that. Um, but as I said, you know, it's, it is understandable, you know, for for people to have that sort of air of caution about it. Um, but as I say, if you kind of just look into what, what it actually is and what was being proposed and what's been brought in, you know, it's totally different. And at the end of the day, it's, it's improving in what's actually there because just now, as you say, at the moment, there's, there's a problem. There's a problem and, and from a health and safety point of view, um, it's making things better. I mean, just... Know, be good. Just last of all as well, Kev, I just wanted to, to finish on it. I think you meant you touched on it briefly before, but I think as things stand, I mean, we're, we're quite a large chunk into the season now. But I imagine club fans, everyone thinks this has been a success at Celtic Park by the sounds of things. And, and I think you mentioned before that there's even talk now is that of, of extending this section, of, of maybe doing one elsewhere or making that section bigger. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was, the, for the discussions that we've had with the club, this was always from their sort of view this was always a kind of pilot season yeah. it was always labelled as a sort of pilot season and all eyes of you know the UK were on it all eyes of, of every other club and, and every health and safety body are watching it quite closely um, but up, up until now it's been nothing but a success and uh, I've no doubt that, that it'll be a success to the end of the season and what will come what will come from that I, I think once people realise and see how much a success it's been in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before it's you know before it's rolled out across the across the grounds. Um, and and from our discussions with Celtic, as I said, there's a there's a commercial incentive for them as well. You know, there's money to be made. Yeah. And the fact that if it's a you know it's a very attractive area of the ground for for people to go and everybody's wanting in it. You know, the big nights. The first, a good example I give you. I mean, we played Manchester City there back in. It would have been back in September. I yeah. think. And um, it was just, uh, that was the sort of first big night, you know, the first big kind of night within the safe standard area. And uh, it helped that the football on the part was, was really good. But, I mean, from an atmosphere point of view, it just, I think it just blew everybody away. It was really, I mean, I've been going to Celtic, Celtic games for over 20 years now. You know, I've been to all the big nights, the big European nights in Celtic Park. And, I mean, that night, the safe standing area was really, you know, it was like the heartbeat of the full ground and the full ground provided, you know, it was a, a positive support for the team and the, the place was absolutely rocking um, at stages and I think that night everybody kind of realised that it was it was something really special that they'd created and on the other hand you know, ticked all the boxes from a, from a health and safety point of view OK, uh, thank you very much to Gareth and huge thanks uh, to Kev Connolly from the Green Brigade for coming on. I might have another chat to him towards the end of the season. Not least because it's not quite the time or the place, but you know what? He's getting to watch a lot of Brendan Rodgers football and it looks yeah. like everyone's having a great time. <laughs> uh, Kev, we'll do the proper footy next time, but we'll uh, say thank you very much for now and um, I'm, I'm end this edition of Midnight Caller. Sports Social Podcast Network.